We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. There we go. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Thursday morning, the 15th of June. We're calling it January out here in Seattle right now because it's been so cold and dreary and wet. But welcome in. It is Thursday morning, and we're going to have a little bit of fun just uh, riding solo today. Uh, it is Broncos for breakfast. I am Nick Kendall. Scott is busy uh, picking up a friend from the airport and then has meetings today. So just going to be a quickie uh, today, but you're going to be hanging out with me. Uh, let's say hello to everybody coming in in the chat. Uh, thank you guys so much. And I'm going to be leaning on you guys a little bit more today, given, uh, you know, I'm going to be using you as the sounding board in the conversation. So uh, make sure you have any questions or chats or anything. Uh, get them in. And also shout out to the likes coming in right now. We got Bruce McGinnis and Dom Harmio. So shout out to both those guys, Dom especially, always appreciate Dom. Dom's a gr- Dom, you're a sweetheart. Love you, buddy. Uh, we got Jeremy Sean coming in saying, morning, boys, parade day here in Denver. Good luck, everybody. Be safe. Hopefully there's uh, no incidences, and hopefully everybody has a good, safe, clean time. You know, Enjoy your beverages, everything like that, but uh, have a great one. And uh, congrats again to the Denver Nuggets. We got Kevin Gray coming in saying, morning, Broncos country. Nick and Scott, big mile high salute. Oh, I'll take them both. The Denver Broncos for life, mile high huddle for life. How come we can't come in early uh, live chat? I miss it. Um, that would require me to be up even earlier than I am uh, right now. And I'm with my uh, wife being gone. I'm here both pets. So sleep and duties have been uh, piled on a bit. So uh, my time, <laughs> don't have as much time to make the chat even earlier, but hopefully we'll be getting back on that in the, uh, the regular season. The morning shows, typically we don't make them, but half an hour before we go live. So uh I don't know. I guess you could ask Chad if he wants to make it the night before, <laughs> but uh, or maybe I could do it the night before. But uh, news happens, so we'll see. But that's why. Um, been busy. Donald Willison coming in here. Good to see you, DWJ. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you. Says good morning, Nick and Scott, Broncos country. What's happening? Thanks for your work. Always enjoy your podcast. The only one I can catch live. That's why we have the morning show. A lot of times we thought you know the maybe the European market works makes sense for Scott and I, but uh, glad we can have some of you guys join us in the morning that uh, couldn't otherwise. What's happening? Not too much. Uh, there was a fight in Broncos practice uh, yesterday at mini mandatory mini camp. That's right. That's what, that's what's going on right now. And uh, sounds like it was between the offensive line. Not allowed to say who, uh, but uh, some players in the offensive line got in a little bit of a skirmish. 
And we heard from Sean Payton and the coordinators yesterday. So not too much news going on. Oh, also, we had, I guess, the biggest thing coming out yesterday is Samaje P. Ryan suffered a thumb injury. So I've heard no details on that to date. I'm sure that we'll hear something today. Uh, but that's something to keep an ear out for because the running back position, obviously, with Javante Williams coming off of the multiple ligament tear in his left knee. I want to say it's the left knee. Uh, that uh, running back room is a question mark. So if P. Ryan's going to be out for a bit with a thumb injury, then the position becomes a little bit more dicey. Zach Powers coming in saying morning, morning with a coffee. That is my sign. Coffee sign there. Um, wet my whistle. Thank you. Shout out to uh, Lion Coffee Company. Ah, awesome. Thank you so much, Zach. Good to see you. Gatorade Gaming saying morning, guys and gals. Hope you're doing well. Zach Powers also says, putting the 87 AFC Championship game, Broncos versus Browns on TV last night. There are little dog bones all over the field, like sprinkles on a donut. Hopefully they weren't literal dog bones. That's kind of sad and gross, but uh, yeah, that was a classic game. Is that the driver? Is that the fumble? I don't remember which year is which. I was a little bit, uh, it's a little bit before my time, guys. Jeremy says he recorded, excited to watch it again. I remember my dad pulling out the TV and setting it up in front of the family room, which at the time was a big deal. A lot of fun. Cool memories there, Jeremy. Uh, we also got our guy, uh, I wanted to say hello to some more people coming in here. Chase Wellner saying morning, y'all. I wonder uh, when they'll put Zach Streif on the podium. I'd like to hear some of his uh, thoughts. I don't, I can't think of a time that they put positional coaches on the podium. So that might not happen unless there's something specific that would induce that reaction from the Broncos. So uh, I don't think we'll see uh, Zach Streif on the podium. So too bad because it sounds like he's a very intelligent and uh, well-spoken individual. But I mean, you kind of have to be to be a offensive line coach, but uh yeah, I don't think we'll hear from him unless you get a like one on one or like a radio hit or something. Jeremy's saying, uh, did Nick sleep in again? No, Nick didn't sleep in. Nick's running the show a little bit later today because I uh, don't think he can go a full hour. Um, my voice is already a little uh, scroggy. Yeah, so uh, hopefully that's uh, not like I can go a full hour. So we start a little later. Bama X, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. <laughs> the Boogmeister saying the big dog himself. Good morning, Nick. Good to see you. Miguel Santa Steven, always a big supporter of the show. Uh, frequent. Super chat, uh, superstar giver as well says, Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Philip Hogginson. Good to see you, my guy Dom saying, Good morning, Nick, and Broncos country. Nick, buddy, the new background for the show is badass. Love it. Yeah, we had a uh, comment on Twitter. So, we do listen to you guys and feedback and whatnot. We had a comment on Twitter saying it was time to update it because I guess it was Russell Wilson's head on Drew Locke's body. I how they knew that, I don't know. Uh, I would never pick up on that, but um, yeah, change it up and uh, yeah, definitely excited to see what's going on there. We got Robot of Doom saying, good morning, MHH, which I could gift a sub on Twitch for me turning 25. Well, happy birthday to Robot of Doom, everybody in the chat. Uh, wish Robot of Doom a happy birthday. You guys can't see that on the YouTube side um, until I flashed it on here. So uh, give give him a, a happy birthday. We appreciate you coming in on your birthday. Hope you're doing well. You got to let us know what you're doing, too. Aki Dragon saying, woohoo, go Nuggets. Exactly. Go Nuggets, indeed. Keith Brugman, very good morning, Nick. Michael Ronquillo in the house. Talk about the... Uh, Always the uh, supportive Stargaver. Good morning. Eddie Vasquez in the house. Michael saying Facebook stars are not showing. Well, I'm the wrong guy to answer that for you. Scott's not here, so I guess we're going to make a wish uh, Facebook stars today. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they uh, come through, but if not, we're stretching our legs today. It's a good one. It's just you being here is enough for me, Michael. We really appreciate that. Uh, seriously, so much. Eddie Vasquez, morning, Nick. Thanks for always being here. Not always here, uh, Eddie. I got a lot of. Uh, summer plans um as well so 
Um, not always, always here. And uh, Ray Osborne says, get some coffee. Nick, I got coffee right here. I got it's 40 ounces, so I should be okay. Um, but that does mean that I'm going to need to you know, wet my whistle a little bit here. Gatorade Gaming coming in. He understood the assignment saying, happy birthday, Doom. Thank you for the shout out there, Gatorade Gaming. And uh, let's get into it. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter show today uh, because of, well, we'll see. Unless you guys are killing it in the Super Chats and Superstars, um, then uh, we'll keep the show rolling. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about PFF. Uh, is ranking of the, the offensive lines across the league and Zach and uh, Jeremy clarifying they were a dog treat like the dog treat bones okay that makes more sense I'm <laughs> like uh dog bones like the, the the fact ones that like dogs chew on rather than the actual skeleton of a dog. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I do need some coffee. Where's this comment here? Get more coffee, Nick. Duh. Okay. Awesome. Um, but uh, offensive line, we're going to talk offensive line today and another year where the Broncos offensive line from a metric perspective, from a statistical perspective looks better than what I think the general perception is of the unit. Now, obviously the Broncos, we've seen this for a number of years now, actually uh, the Broncos offensive line. A lot of people have been, Stadium. The offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Uh, they they terrible. Nothing matters until the offensive line is fixed. The Broncos offensive line has been subpar uh, to mediocre uh, the last few years, but they haven't been God awful, dreadful. Like if you guys can think back to the Indianapolis Colts game last year, where Baron Browning had like eight sacks and Matt Ryan was sacked like 12 times or some, something ridiculous. That was a dreadful offensive line showing. Broncos have not been a good offensive line over the last five years or so. And of course they've had their spots and weaknesses on the line, but for the most part, they've been a bottom 15, bottom 10, bottom 15 unit, not bottom five, bottom three. Uh, in my opinion, at least you guys can agree. I, wa I do watch a lot of offensive line and I think that the, their mistakes are so loud that sometimes people over exaggerate um, the negatives on the offensive line, but I digress. Uh, so the Broncos offensive line has been mediocre to, to the subpar of the last five, 10 years. And they went out and obviously made some big moves this offseason. Uh, they brought in Ben Powers, highest paid guard on the market this season. They're kind of a somewhat of a one-year wonder there at Baltimore, but really had a great year uh, at Baltimore this last season. And the Broncos also signed uh, Mike McGlinchey, former it ninth overall pick uh, from Notre Dame it, four or five drafts ago uh, to be the team's right tackle. And they paid him a huge uh, contract. So they're going to be with him for a bit. That's the one that's a little bit uh, concerning, a little bit of risk on that deal without a doubt. But Broncos went out there and went out and got some culture guys and uh, hopefully improved the offensive line to go with returning starters. Garrett Bowles at left tackle, Lloyd Cushenberry at center, 
and Quinn Miners at right guard. Uh, notably, also the Broncos brought back Cam Fleming, who, if you guys have followed the show at all, the show at all, I thought we had a pretty underrated season uh, last year, and the fact that he's going to come in and be a swing tackle for this team. Pretty good look for the Broncos, in my opinion, because he can play both tackle spots and guard. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty much where the Broncos' offensive line is right uh, is at right now. We have a lot of questions still about the backup interior offensive line. You know, Fuller, Wattenberg, some other guys. But overall, the offensive line does look okay. And uh, Pro Football Focus, again, has the Broncos' offensive line 11th overall. They are up 10 spots um, previously from this offseason. And uh, again, listen to starters, Bowles, Powers, Cushenberry, Miners, and McGlinchey. Uh, Pro Football Focus notes that the hiring of Sean Payton this offseason came with a clear focus on improving an offensive line that is never quite as bad as it looked. In, well, that uh, an offensive line that was never quite as bad as it looked in 2022. I agree with that as well. I think under Munchak, the Broncos' offensive line was better. Uh, the sum of the parts was better than the individual pieces. And last season, I think the individual pieces were better than the sum of the parts. Uh, so God bless. I can't even remember the offensive line coach uh, now, but I knew that he was not well-received uh, in Denver by the players and uh, he's gone now. And we got Zach Streif. Uh, PFF also continues here that uh, Denver's line ranked 20th on the season in pro football focus pass blocking efficiency. But Russell Wilson was the second worst quarterback in the league at converting pressure into sacks, warping the view of the line's performance. I don't know where they're coming with the second worst on that. I think maybe I used qualifiers on that where you had to play at least a certain number of snaps. But when I've gone to pro, pro football focuses, advanced data, Russell Wilson has been the single worst quarterback in the NFL in pressure to sack percentage. So what does that mean? It means that he's getting sacked way more often than normal for when, a, when he's just taking on pressure. When the offensive line loses, Russell Wilson has been less likely to help them out than according to them, this the second worst quarterback of the league at that. So not great. And you guys are coming in here uh, with the help here. Butch Berry. Yep. I see. I think we're already flushing that stuff. So God bless you, Butch Berry. Hope you're doing well, but uh, not great results last season for the Broncos, of course. So yeah, that's what uh, PFF has to say about the Broncos offensive line. I agree with them. Their take that uh, Sean Payton coming in is looking to really build an identity uh, that uh, hopefully will translate to the Broncos long-term. It's been, they've been very much a finesse team, I would say for the most part over the last five to seven years. And Sean Payton, we've heard him talk about it in press conferences. He likes big players and the Broncos are obviously emphasizing uh, being bigger, stronger, and just better upfront on the offensive line. Ben Powers, a massive human being. Mike McGlinchey, also a massive human being. Wish he could carry a little bit more weight. I don't know if he's uh, going to be able to do that, but tall, without a doubt, Mike McGlinchey out there. So, uh, yeah, bringing him in. It's not just also the Broncos' offensive line. Um, that was a big emphasis for Sean Payton, but just the run game personnel in general. Uh, you got Chris Manhurts, who the Broncos paid. Uh, not big money to, but he's a very good blocking tight end, more of a classic uh, Y kind of guy out there. So he's one that is... Uh, worth keeping an eye on just to see how the snap distribution works out. The Broncos also paid for the position uh, decent money for a fullback, uh, Michael Burton from Kansas City. So will be extremely interesting uh, to see his usage this season if he makes the team at all. I mean, we've heard about Greg Dulcich being more of the, uh, what is they called, the joker position out of the backfield. Well, that's a kind of a fullback, H-back spot. So what does that mean for Michael Burton? We'll see. Um and overall, the Broncos offensive line should be better. What what makes it as good as Pro Football Focus is 
projecting here as 11th overall. I have obviously besides health because health is always the the big kicker on that. Uh, but for me, you need some Broncos players to regain form and other players to continue to improve. And I'm not a big believer in Lloyd Cushenberry, but I think he can be fine there for the short term. I don't think he's going to improve drastically, but as long as he is doing his assignment and not getting blown up, um, immediately getting pushed in the quarterback's lap, should be better there. But for me, I think the Broncos offensive line to reach this 11th overall ranking or even better, we need to see two things. Uh, Quinn Miners continued to improve. Obviously, he's got a lot of talent. He's a big athlete with length. He can move well. I think he can play in either scheme. His pass protecting technique has been up and down. Uh, not surprising for a player of his uh, pathway uh, to the league, but that's something that can be improved upon this year. This will be his third offensive line coach in three years. So on one hand, that's not very consistent, not a lot of consistency for him. But on the other hand, he's learning different teaching types, techniques, and maybe, you know, working with different teachers, uh, something clicks for him. Maybe it's better for him uh, long-term. And that a lot of times depends on the quality of the teachers and the uh, quality of the student. So I'll see you with Quinn Miners. But the big one for me is uh, Garrett Bowles returning to form. Two years ago, uh, the 2021 season, Garrett Bowles actually played, I, would, I think, at a top 10 left tackle level, which isn't, you know, incredible, but he was, you know, like a B-level left tackle, B-plus level left tackle in the NFL, in my opinion. And then at the end of the year, oh, no, it says I'm glitching. Hopefully, hopefully that's fine. It's, I'm not having nothing on uh, my screen. Typically, I can tell when I'm uh, glitching here, Jeremy, so let me know. Um, but uh, Garrett Bowles, he is struggled tremendously uh, last season in a small sample size. He was just not very good. I know that he did not have a great relationship uh, with Butch Berry, to, to my understanding, but struggled last season and then suffered an injury. And honest to God, I thought that Cam Fleming came in and played just as good, if not better than Garrett Bowles uh, last season, just because, and that's more of Garrett Bowles struggling uh, surprisingly than it is Cam Fleming coming in and being amazing. Cam Fleming was just, you know, an average starting tackle in my opinion. Uh, so only glitched once for Gatorade gaming for starting out. So it might be you, Jeremy might be YouTube if it's glitching at all. So there we go. All good. Sorry, Jeremy. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but Garrett Bowles last season, just not a very good year uh, overall. Uh, I'm going to pull up his uh, just data, and I think he only played in five games. You guys could probably correct me on that one, but for the uh, the overall stats, we're just struggled. Penalties kind of came back. The pass, uh, The passing technique was not very good. And so, yeah, five games got hurt in that indie game. Uh, gave up uh, 10 pressures in five games and nine hurries. Not a very good uh, conversion right there uh, for the old uh, Garrett Bowles guy. So that's one that we want to keep an eye on. That's uh, not a great year. And also, I want to find the uh, the penalties if I can find that. Maybe that's not on here. Holdings, anything like that. But uh, yeah, overall, Garrett Bowles, not very good last season Um, in the small sample size uh, that he had. So hopefully we'll be better. Um, next season, uh, this season with the, obviously you have Ben Powers next to him. Now you have, um, Zach Streif. You got an offensive line that is going to be much more, hopefully much more cohesive with a vision of what they want to do. But I thought that he, he's one that can concerns me a good bit. And also he should be a little bit concerned as well. He's, I enjoyed Garrett Bowles up there. I'm definitely pulling for him. I was, uh, probably one of the more sympathetic people to him early on when he was, on his rookie contract. I didn't think he was absolutely dreadful. Like a lot of people did, Thought he was fine um, for what you're paying him. But Garrett Bowles, now that you're paying him big time money, especially coming into uh, this season and next season, 
he's going to have to be better. And his uh, contract next season, 2024, is so easy to move on from for massive savings. Uh, if, if Garrett Bowles struggles next year, entering his year 32 season in 2024, Broncos can save $16 million against the cap with only a $4 million dead cap hit. So uh, there was rumors that Garrett Bowles was approached with a contract restructure, and nothing ever came of that. So obviously nothing materialized. So he's he's on uh, thin ice, I think, uh, for the Broncos. So we'll see how that plays out for him uh, going forward this season and probably one of the more low-key interesting storylines uh, this year. So we got Troy Bauer coming in saying, Hey, Nick, are there any schemes that hide deficiencies of a center with good players around him? I mean, what schemes can hide a... It depends on what the deficiencies are of the center, of course. Uh, I think just having good players around him can help a lot. Having a good, smart quarterback uh, that can go out there and take a lot off the center's plate in terms of the pre-snap checks and getting everybody set up. That can help a lot as well. That was actually a pretty big disappointment for me last year with Russell Wilson was that I thought, you know, coming in being, what was it, 10th year in the league or something, he'd be a little bit more able to take command uh, pre-snap after breaking the huddle and didn't seem, that didn't really seem to be the case. Uh, but we'll see what happens with uh, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry this season. Also, what schemes can help him? Quick pass game. If you can get the ball quick, if you can get rid of the ball quickly, you can protect your offensive line a lot. And uh, it's not really a scheme, but a good pocket uh, manipulator mover helps a lot as well. I mean, the Patriots had really good offensive lines for a number of years, but what really made them a superpower offensive line, besides Dante Scarnecchia, their offensive line coach, uh, was Tom Brady's ability to maneuver and manipulate the pocket. I mean, he was just like water in there, just just was able to flow to this empty space. I mean, it was pretty damn incredible to, to watch Tom Brady operate within the pocket and uh, find the space and then deliver catchable balls, reading, making the right reads and everything like that. So good quarterback play <laughs> probably is number one that can uh, cover up anything uh, schemes though, quick pass. But that again, comes back to the ability of the quarterback uh, to, to do that. So we'll see. Um, we got uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying these are star Facebook stars for Nick. Hell yeah. Doing for Brock Broncos for breakfast for Broncos country. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate that. Um, Gatorade gaming saying what are our options to replace bulls? I think there's not a non it's not, it's a non-zero chance. How do I say it? There's, there's a slight chance that bull struggles enough that he gets replaced by cam Fleming this season. I think that's probably like, you know, maybe a five to 10% chance beyond without injury. But uh, that's, that's pretty much the only option on the roster uh, right now. In my opinion, maybe some undrafted guy comes out of nowhere and steps up and does that, but I'll need to see that to believe it. Uh, so right now, Cam Fleming, after that, I think offensive tackle is probably one of the most likely positions you draft in the first round next season. I put edge number one, uh, but then offensive tackle. I mean, it really depends more so on the, uh, what players are available than the actual position, in my opinion. If the best offense, best player available in Broncos picking is an offensive tackle, giddy up. If it's an edge, all righty. So both those spots make a lot of sense. And I think it's going to be a pretty darn good uh, offensive tackle class uh, this upcoming season as well. So obviously people, not obviously, but not to peel back the onion too much on the uh, 2024 draft class, but uh, you have uh, Joe Alt out of Notre Dame's getting some top 10, top 15 love. Uh, so he's one to keep an eye on left tackle. You got Olu Fashanahu, Fashanahu um, out of Penn State, who probably would have been a top 10 pick this year if he came out. And incredibly uh, athletic, great uh, profile, moves well. Still pretty raw, but really good. Olu Fashanahu, there we go. 
Um, also Notre Dame and not Notre Dame, um, Georgia and uh, let me pull up the depth charts here. Georgia, okay, guess what? Two programs, guys. Georgia and Alabama um, have two really high-profile recruits um, that had some play last season. That you know, seeing their highlights, seeing their clips is like, oh, that guy moves different. That's some special uh, ability out there. And I mean, Georgia and Alabama getting those top recruits, but uh, some other names to keep on, just based on um, we're scouting traits out here. Um, Amaris Mims. He's listed to play right tackle now for Georgia, but we'll see if he gets moved to left tackle. He's 6'7", 330. I'm very impressed with him. He was a super recruit. And then also at Alabama, I'm interested to see how uh, J.C. Latham uh, plays. Both right tackles, both big boys. J.C. Latham has some awesome um, mirror ability at that spot, uh, 6'6", 335. So some big boys out there in the SEC. Uh, Should be pretty fun to follow those guys and see see how the offensive tackle crop uh, comes together this season. Cause that's one of the ones that I'd be most interested in following uh, for the Broncos. So talking a lot about uh, those guys, we got John Klingbeil coming in saying, how do you give Facebook stars? I think that you are able to, it should be like prompt you on the screen somewhere to do that. If you have your like credit card information and whatnot in there, but uh, yeah, if just coming in and uh, contributing with chats is enough for me, but if you give a Facebook, uh, Facebook super star, super stickers. That's also super helpful. So we appreciate that when you do that, kind of like our guy, Michael Ronquillo or on the YouTube side of things, Gary Palmer, Gary coming in 999 saying good morning, Nick. Happy birthday to doom a fellow Gemini Buckham. Well, must be talking some Aquarius. I know Gary's birthday was last Friday. Gary had recently had a birthday. So shout out to Gary as well. Give you a shout out Tuesday morning um, for your birthday. So hope you're doing well, Gary. Hope you had a great one. Uh, Gary Gaming saying, what position does the international player that the NFL gifted us this year? I believe he's defensive line, uh, but uh, that's one that, again, if if he flashes, we're at the point where the roster is so massive that I'm looking for flashes and hearing any whispers at all, and uh, when I can see it and believe it with my own eyes, because uh, I don't always trust other people's analysis, right? So <laughs> some because some, there's always biases baked in, and I'm looking for different things than some other people. So um, I think he plays defensive line, though, and heck, it'd be awesome if he uh, if he makes it. We've seen the international pipeline really start to kick off for the NBA, right? All the freaking best players in the NBA these days are European, it seems like. So uh, maybe we can start to get some European talent in the NFL as well. We'll take it where we can get it. Yeah, and G- Gatorade comes in. Happy belated birthday to the notorious GLP. Um, we got EJ coming in saying, good morning, Nick. Good morning, Nick. Any chance the Broncos bring in Ben Jones at center? Also saw a question in here from the... Uh, from Troy saying AZ hosting Rollier, Chase Rollier, shouldn't we be too? I'd be bringing in these centers for workouts and seeing if they're healthy and whatnot because I am not a big believer in Lloyd Cushenberry, especially now that he only has one year left in his contract. You're not really banking on the, oh, we still have you know, years of control and he can improve because he's a young cost control player. This is the last year. This is, you know, bleep or get off the pot. So uh, I'd bring him in, put, some, put his feet to the fire and uh, bring in some competition for him. But that doesn't seem to be... Uh, the case right now. So we'll see what happens with that center spot. Maybe he improves, maybe having a little bit more of a stout player next to him in Ben powers and just an overall better offensive uh, scheme and continuity uh, will help him, but we will see. Excuse me. Um, we got Cameron Wadman coming in here saying morning. I think Albert Oquavenom is going to shine. Yeah. Albert O uh, pretty much one of the big stories of, Tuesday's day of camp uh, made some big plays down the field reportedly and 
he's always had really interesting tools, uh, being as big as he is, then able to run in a straight line as fast as he can. Had that really productive red shirt sophomore season at Missouri um, the last year with, uh, oh gosh, I think he's now the head coach at Tennessee. I can't remember the name of the offensive coordinator there uh, that season. But yeah, he, um, he had some pretty good years there, but he's always been a, he fell to the fourth round for a reason, despite his athletic testing and size and statistical output. And he hasn't really latched on also for a reason. He's a limited player in terms of his overall usage. He just, for being as big as he is, he's, I don't want to label him with the S word on him, uh, but he's just not a really good physical blocker slash player, which tips your hand when he's out there. But that being said, we've seen Sean Payton utilize a lot of different types of weapons, and he's like tight ends that can stretch the seam and do things vertically to create some space and hopefully try to create some explosive plays. And Albert Okwebenam could do that um, in theory uh, as a seam stretcher kind of guy. He's going to have to improve his ability in the consistent aspects of the games, you know, the little things, whether he's lined up as an H-back or in line or even out in the slot. Uh, but certainly a possibility that he could have a, a good season this, se- this year. I think it'll still be very much a niche role, but I think that Sean Payton, if anybody's going to be able to maximize what he does well and put him in a position to succeed, it's, uh, I believe, with Sean Payton here. We'll see what the quarterback does, but I think scheme-wise you're going to see it for him. Um, got Jeremy Sean saying, is your American before you go to the bathroom and American after you go to the bathroom? What are you while you're going? If you're American while you're before you go to the bathroom and American after you go to the bathroom, what are you while you're going? Still an American. I don't know. This is a game. This is a uh, riddle here. I do like riddles, but uh, if now, now I'm feeling the pressure, I have no idea. Jeremy, you have to let us know. Somebody in the chat, if you're American before you go to the bathroom and American after you go to the bathroom, duh, God bless it. European. Thank you. Scott's going to have to, I'm going to have to tell Scott about that one. We might, we might have to put you in dad timeout or something, Jeremy. I <laughs> appreciate the comment. Um, we got Lance coming in here saying, what are the signs the new strength and conditioning coaches are improving from last season? Injuries will be a big one and uh, conditioning. I think are a big one as well. Typically, I think that the strength and conditioning coaches, you're probably not going to see that over a single season. You want to compile, you know, three to five years and see what the overall sample size is and the physicality of the team. But a lot of them are, uh, I think, one year. It's going to be pretty hard uh, because there's just so much noise and variance that can occur in a season in general that I would not put take away too much from the strength and conditioning after just one year. Um, We have Zach Powers coming in here saying, Sean Payton mentioned having the uh, question on whether Dulcich tight end or running back room said he will play the F back. That's just fullback position. Um, Did he say F back or did he say H back? Um, You have to let us know. So there are really three different uh, categorizations of the uh, F back of the tight end spot. So there's the Y tight end, the F tight end and the H tight end, the H back. H back is a little bit more of like a fullback uh, in the backfield guy, kind of like a Kyle use check and go out, split out, do some stuff in the past game. A Y tight end is your classic in line kind of guy. I think of like Jason Witten, like he's always lined up next to one of those tackles um, and can be an, a functional player um, attached to the offensive line. And then the F back, which the way I always remember is F is for flex. Um, F back is more of the detached tight end. Uh, so, a really good way to think about this, uh, just an example that a lot of people can um, utilize, is the 2011-2012 Patriots. I believe those were the No, no, no. Earlier than that. 2008-2009 Patriots uh, when they had Gronkowski and 
Aaron Hernandez, uh, the two tight end sets. Gronk was your Y tight end. He was your six foot seven, 270 pound, essentially offensive tackle out there. And then uh, Aaron Hernandez was much more of the F tight end, uh, the flex one, you know, doing quick routes out of the backfield, uh, being a mismatch with speed uh, against uh, linebackers and safeties and whatnot. So your Y is your big inline guy. Your F is your more flex wide receiver E kind of tight end. Zach Powers, uh, thank you so much for the comment here. We appreciate it. Blake, um, can't wait to get back to Denver for the first time in seven years to watch Sunday Night Football against the Vikings. Well, if you guys are, if anybody else is out there going to be on the uh, at the Vikings game for Sunday Night Football, watch the Broncos take on the Kirk Cousinses and uh, Justin Jefferson's. Honestly, better way to talk about it. Uh, hit up Blake. Uh, it should be a great game, especially Sunday Night Football. We know how Kirk Cousins does in primetime. Not very good. Not very good. Donald Williamson saying why? I don't know why. Donald, you tell me why. Um, EJ coming in saying, Nick, thoughts on Riley Moss uh, starting opposite Patrick Stan the second? I think there's a 50-50 chance uh, that's going to be maybe 45-45-5-10? 10 45-45-10, that maybe somebody else steps up and takes it. But I think there's a good chance that Riley Moss ends up being the starting cornerback opposite uh, Patrick Sertan. Uh, you have Damari Mathis, who I thought was the Broncos' best selection last year, who played pretty darn well. Uh, but he was selected under a different regime. And the Broncos, um, there's been a lot of uh, positive talk about Riley Moss in mandatory meeting camp so far. Uh, had some plays that apparently he would have made some big hits and some big plays uh, if they were going up against a different team rather than, you know, just mini camp. So it's fun to follow that. Also, this regime drafted him versus the last regime drafting uh, Mathis, granted the same uh, defensive backs coach in uh, Christian Parker. but. Moss has uh, been dra was drafted under this regime with Vance Joseph. And also they traded up to get Moss. I mean, they obviously like Moss to give up what they gave up uh, to go get him. So I think there's a pretty darn good chance that Moss, Moss ends up being the starter opposite Sertan. The other thing Moss has going for him that I think this team and this defense desperately needs that we have not seen from Mathis yet is turnover ability. I mean, Moss specifically the 2021 season had what, like, four pick sixes uh, in the season, something crazy. I mean, he had a really good ability to take the football away and then turn it into six points. So the Broncos defense has not been very good at taking the football away over the last five to eight seasons. And uh, having a cornerback who's a little bit more of a gambler, but can be a playmaker opposite the shutdown, you know, not testing him. Uh, Patrick Sertan, I think is might be a pretty good advantage for the Broncos defense and something they consider. So will be fun. I think, I mean, Moss, it sounds like he's been impressive out there. Also, but keep hearing things about uh, Jaquan McMillan, who we saw last season in week 18, have some splash plays. Uh, he's an undrafted free agent in last year's class, and apparently he's been playing pretty well. So keeping an eye out for him. Um, we got Denver Luke coming in saying, morning, Nick. Um, Jeremy saying, with no leaks from coming from practice, how do you gauge this team's progress? You take everything with a dose of salt that would kill 10 billion snails. Uh, so... Also, they're going up against them, each other. So no matter what, it's a zero-sum game for the Broncos in the end. So really just looking for no injuries. And we'll talk about things that we hear here or there, but not putting too much weight into it, of course. Not getting ahead of ourselves. Zach Powers saying, tell us about Seth Benson, linebacker from Iowa. Joseph has spoken highly of him. Small player, limited athlete, um, going to be could be a practice squad guy. I uh, think he's probably maximized a lot of his ability out there, but Pretty much always been in the right spot, been consistent, was consistent for the University of Iowa for a number of years, and uh, did a pretty darn good job. I think he'd have gotten a little bit more 
praise and uh, acknowledgement from Iowa fans if he wasn't playing next to arguably one of the best linebackers in program history and Jack Campbell. So uh, Seth Benson, he could make the team. I'm a little bit skeptical given the overall profile that he has because uh, he's a little bit limited. Oh, and you said it was Josie that spoke highly of him. Okay, well, that that's not as impressive as if it was Vance Joseph. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it will be interesting to see him. Um, we got Donald also coming in saying, call me D for short. I'll hopefully remember that. Um, maybe, you know, keep, keep working it in there, but, uh, D thank you, D hope you're doing well. Uh, we also got another D coming in here saying how much man coverage has Moss played. They didn't play a lot of man coverage at Iowa. They did a lot of, uh, Preston Bale and did a lot of, uh, umbrella coverage with, uh, four guys deep. Um, a lot of times, uh, cover four kind of looks with an umbrella coverage to keep everything in front and then drive on the football, um, when the other team does that. And I think in college and in the big 10 with some, uh, lesser quarterback play for on a lot of those teams, you in the wider hash marks with college football, playing that kind of more conservative coverage and then driving on the football, you're going to have more chances to create plays in the ball than you will at the NFL level with more, obviously more arm talent quarterbacks and also the more compact game versus the spread game uh, that you see more in college. So uh, not a lot of man coverage, a lot more of a press bail, but he's a really good athlete out there tested pretty well, especially for his size. Uh, so we'll see. I don't, I don't always think he was the most twitched athlete, especially reacting, um, going backwards versus, you know, just driving downhill. But it's a, it's a big question mark for all those Iowa defensive backs coming out. I mean, they've, I think they've had the most turnovers of any program in football over the last five years. Uh, but they play a very simple, consistent type of coverage that, uh, doesn't always translate to the next level. I mean, we've seen some pretty, Solid, uh, highly drafted quarterbacks come out of Iowa over the last few years. Uh, Josh Jackson came out. Uh, Des uh, Desmond King came out. Obviously, Michael Ojemudia. Guys that did pretty well in college that didn't translate to the NFL level uh, because couldn't really hang in man coverage. So we'll see what happens uh, with Moss in man coverage. I think he's a better athlete than those guys we listed before. Uh, but it's always a question mark. And he was a third-round cornerback. And cornerbacks, the good ones, are typically first rounders. <laughs> so it's very much an athlete based uh, position. So we'll see what happens. Um, we got Jasmine coming in saying morning, Nick, hope you're doing well. Jeremy also says, uh, Seth Benson seems like a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. He's a program guy, you know, somebody you love in there for training camp. We're not going to do all the right things. Uh, real question is, does he have enough juice to make a difference in special teams? Cause that's going to be his route to making this roster. I don't know. Typically I like a little bit more of those raw height, weight, speed guys, but if you do your job and you're smart in special teams, that's that can be enough, especially for some of those linebacker guys. Uh, so we got uh, Nick. What are you doing with your six weeks until training camp? I am going to be hanging out with you guys, and uh, I don't know. I'm doing a uh, massive uh, backpacking trip at the very end of July, so maybe I won't even be here for a lot of training camp. I'm doing uh, 60 miles in the Sawtooth Mountains with uh, some of my friends, and we're going to do a lot of uh, fishing. I think we're going to hit up like. We're going to cross paths with like 40 different lakes out there in Southern Idaho. So a lot of uh, backpacking and uh, trout fishing, hopefully going to catch some, some good sized Alpine Lake trout. So that's what I'm doing. I'm prepping for that uh, and taking care of the pets right now. Zach power saying, you don't think we'll be playing a ton more man coverage this year. Do you should be similar last year. I think we're going to run similar uh, overall man and zone. I will be curious to see if we stick in that. Uh, so we went from a very cover six heavy, uh, defense got some cover four, but mostly cover six heavy defense under Vic Fangio to last season. We played a lot of cover six 
in base packages, but then in um, sub packages, Broncos were one of the most blitz happy teams in the NFL. And they played a lot of cover one and cover three uh, in your more aggressive uh, attacking fronts. So will be interesting uh, to see how the Broncos work under Vance Joseph. They said they want to run a similar defense to what they had under Giro Evero, but I don't know. I think, and maybe some of that change in the cover one and cover three has as much to do with the Broncos losing true ball winners on the defensive line. You know, guys, you can just line up and hunt and doesn't matter. You don't really need to scheme them up while also having a true ball winner on the back end in uh, Patrick Sertan. So should be, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do schematically on the defensive side of the ball this season. I do expect them to be aggressive up front, but how do all the pieces come together? What type of uh, coverages they're going to rely on? Going to be fascinating uh, to see how it plays out. Um, also, we got Donald uh, D got it that time coming in saying, what do think about Chris Allen? Chance he can be in the rotation. Chance that Chris Allen can make the roster. I've heard uh, he's had some good moments here and there. I think it's probably most likely he makes it as a uh, defensive um, practice squad guy, but certainly a possibility that he can make it. Also, I've heard some good things about uh, Jonathan Cooper. He's been playing really well. We'll need him to step up with uh, Baron Browning out now. Uh, being that third guy, maybe even playing more so in base uh, to be a little bit more of a coverage player than Frank Clark. Also been hearing some good things about Marcus Haynes uh, early on undrafted free agent um, from old dominion, six foot four, 240, 250 pounds. Uh, he's been out there doing some things as well. So we'll be interesting to follow those guys again, just purely hearsay on uh, talking about those guys. So hoping that uh, once preseason comes around, we can really get in training camp. We can really get an idea on some of these guys. And uh, let's talk about really getting an idea. Guys, we're at 40 minutes already. I said I was going to go 20 to 30, and here we are. So unless there are any super chats coming in, it's already uh, 8, 7.30 my time. So we're going to get the uh, get on out of here before my voice completely leaves me. As you can tell, it's starting to get a little bit more raspy. <laughs> so appreciate you guys coming in and hanging out today. Uh, obviously, shout out to Scotty. Let me know yesterday that this is going to – um he wouldn't be here today. So he'll be back again next Tuesday. Gatorade Gaming coming in saying, do you think the Broncos will trade for Danielle Hunter? I do not think the Broncos will trade for Danielle Hunter after they brought in Frank Clark. I think that was their their move at the edge spot unless something happens to Randy Gregory. But I don't know how much more money they have to allocate and also trade capital to bring in somebody like a Danielle Hunter. If he is available a year from now, we might have that conversation again. Uh, but right now, I think you're probably set where you are at that spot. So, guys, uh, that's going to have to do it. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at NickKendallMHH. Also follow me at uh, Mile High Huddle and of course at BFB under uh, BFB Pod. Uh, make sure you uh, join us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to the show Mile High Huddle, like the channel, and share it on your social media um, platforms. We always do appreciate that and appreciate Jeremy coming in saying thanks for pushing through, Nick. I was going to come and hang out with you guys regardless. Uh, but you guys were doing good with the comments and questions in the chat. Uh, so we appreciate that. And Michael Ronquillo saying, great show today, Nick, on Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully PFF ends up being right about the Broncos having the a top 11 offensive line. Some questions on that unit, of course. I do have concerns about the depth on the interior, but Broncos have made a, made a commitment uh, to improve the offensive line this season. Not going to be totally improved in one year, but God, this year should have been a step forward. Maybe next year will be the second part of that process. We'll see um, how it all comes together. Question marks, Cushionberry, Miners, Bowles. Is Mike McGlinchey love up the contract? Ben Powers is the one I probably have the least amount of questions on, uh, but going to be fascinating uh, to follow. This is an offensive line that hopefully can lead 
the unit this season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to follow. So uh, got Gatorade Gaming coming in saying, good pod today, Nick. Take care. Kevin Gray saying, great show today. As always, Nick, thank you so much. You're the man from Zach Powers and Jeremy Sean saying, have a great day, everyone. Stay safe out there. Absolutely. I'm going to get on out of here. Stay safe out there. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. I know that in the world, the political landscape, you know, I super isolation with social media and the internet and everything like that. Everybody's people out there. People are scared, concerned. They all think they know what's best. But if you go, if you choose every single day to, you know, how is my reaction with this person uh, exemplifying kindness, compassion, caring? Am I listening? Uh, I think that God, we could just be such a better place. Not going to solve all the world's problems, um, but it can do a lot to uh, just make the world a better place. Uh, we all want the, I think we all do want the same thing for the most part. So like I say, okay, choose kindness and compassion and have a great weekend. Go Broncos. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.